Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, today is the day you have long been waited for because you watched Whoosh! Star Crash. One night I stayed up too late watching a stupid movie. Ten minutes in, couldn't stand it anymore, had to let everybody in on the action. Michael Clink hopped on board, Alan Barris hopped on board, and here we are, season three, talking about apocalyptic films. And this film we watched was on the recommendation of Michael Clink. What the heck is this thing called? I can't remember. Hell Comes to Frogtown? Yeah. Yes. Did and you watch Shirley? Two, Shirley? 86. No. 86? Are we sure? I had 86 down originally. I saw 88 in IMDb later on. So, In the 80s. It was a crazy time. Uh, this is a movie, Clink. You should probably tell us about it. That's your job. Did I introduce you already, Clink? You said my name like four times, so yeah, sure. <laughs> Michael Clink, he's the adjunct. With the mostest, or the leastest. Hey, so, Clink, did we introduce you yet? I hope so. <laughs> just, just kidding you there. Go ahead. All right, uh, so this is my breakdown. Hey, Shirley. Do you need a beat? What? No, I was gonna. I was just going to freestyle, yo. What are you doing? Oh, I thought you were going to push a button. I got scared. Don't push buttons. There we go. <laughs> yes. Hey, Shirley. Yeah, Clank? What do you get when you have a fertile meathead in a post-apocalyptic wasteland who is sent by the government to save fertile women from a town full of mutant humanoid frogs in order to repopulate the world? That's, that's okay. not an answer. You get this hell is, comes to frog town. I know you get. <clears throat> Let me read from the Bible. The Bible being, what, is it, what does it say on the cover? fucking brilliant it's go. in gold letters so it means it's like from god um <laughs> is that what that means <laughs> yes uh from hell wait from from frog town to hell with love what is the name of this what? movie hell hell comes hell? to frog town <laughs> oh so hell comes to frog town uh is about rowdy rowdy piper yes is must have an amazing sperm count he's hired by the government to go impregnate people because the nuclear bomb blew up twice right this was like post post apocalypse if we actually listen to the um uh, voiceover at the front and he has i would argue the greatest name ever sam hell i i I got it right away and i think it's clever it's fantastic as in what in the sam hell yes i'm not i wanted to make sure that you you and our other listeners understood that thank you did you guys watch the trailer for this yeah i sent it to you guys well, that doesn't mean I send you all kinds of things. I don't watch Clink just to get I you to watch them. <sighs> so the trailer uh, is very funny. You know, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Like right out of the gate, we know that this is going to be silly. But um, uh, you guys, you know how those are our listeners who've listened to us over the years um, know how Alan usually picks a quote for us to to have like as the quote for the the, the podcast itself. It um, is a beloved I, tradition of this podcast. Yes. Well, I have an anti quote that is the exact opposite of this podcast and it comes from the trailer allow me to allow me to read here comes fun with hair on it <laughs> oh <laughs> that's a zing i gotta i gotta i gotta hand uh, it to you there. oh my that's a zing. two points vanderpool uh folks it was great talking see you next time <laughs> well that's okay i got a zinger for you later on from the actual uh, movie Oh, great. So the actual movie, I love this thing, Clink. Clink, thank you. You made my Tuesday night. This was phenomenal. I love it. Well, I try. 
I tried to find the weirdest movies, and Zardoz was weird, but not weird enough. I was kind of disappointed. This movie, this movie isn't weird, though. This yeah. movie is is very like straightforward, very simple to follow. Um, the weirdness is even predictable, which makes it fun. There's only one real thing at the very end of the movie that kind of threw me, but like uh, for like this whole genre from the '80s of goofy one guy's got to save the world type movie, this this is this is good. I would watch this again versus Zardoz, which there's not enough drugs in Oregon to make me watch that stupid thing again. I enjoyed Zardoz, but yes, I, I see what you're saying. This was a fun movie, a little bit, yeah. There were some times when uh, it wasn't really as interesting, but yeah. Sexist is all get out, though, but yeah. <laughs> I didn't think it was that sexist. The the woman's main... the the uh, I'm sorry, the... I forget her name. Can I just... Can I read the Wikipedia for this, what, please? The entire thing? No, just like, literally. Just highlighting the sexist parts, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, the last... I mean, this is really just a creation story. <laughs> I, I guess. No, go ahead, Shirley. What do you? What do you got? Shortly before the movie opens, a group of mutant amphibians who have been exiled to the desert by humans capture a group of fertile women and are using them as sex slaves. This is possibly the most sexist thing that we have talked about on this podcast. Uh, we've talked about worse. You weren't here. Although I have a mind-blowing observation about that later in this podcast. Because I believe I might have been might be the only one in in the podcast who has seen the movie in question. Thank you, Shirley. You're welcome, so Paris. <laughs> so the the Wrangler, um Sandra what's uh, Sandal Bergman? Sandal Bergman. Dang, yep. you're on Spangle. it. What? Spangle, Spangle is the name. Is okay. her name. Yeah. So Spangle, like America, is... Star Spangled gotcha. Banner. Gotcha. Um... Yeah. So Spangle <laughs> is the Wrangler for Ra for Sam Hell, the main character, and she is meant to keep him in line and keep him safe so that he can impregnate these women. For some reason, in the field, like right away, I don't think movie knows about biology, but anyways, so. Her main uh, uh, tools are her earrings, because women wear earrings all the time, apparently. And those things, when she touches it, um, he has a, uh, a chastity belt, if you will, on. And this chastity belt has certain uh, functions on it to where if she touches her earring, it creates pain for him. And if he goes too far away from the earrings, it creates pain for him and could eventually explode. Her purse is the proximity sensor for, I don't know how, like, I don't, I don't understand how they set that up, the proximity sensor. But she kept looking down in her purse. She has to keep him aroused, so then she has to parade around him in front of her underwear, in, in front of him with her underwear on. And she has to dance for him to make sure that he stays aroused the entire time. How is that not sexist, is my question. Exactly. This is awful. Clink. So. You're awful. <laughs> let's, let's start at the beginning, though. Okay? Yeah. Because... Sam Hell is a fugitive. Somehow the government wants him for more than one reason, not just for his amazing sperm. He was taken in custody because he apparently sexually assaulted a woman. Yes. According to this guy. So if he's in custody for that before the movie starts, then what in the world do you call the rest of this movie? Having me having not seen it, but also having read. The well, movie he's going to get to that. Okay. So the guy who is interrogating Sam Hell, he plays a major part in the movie. Spoiler alert. Uh, what's his name? Do you, do you guys have that? Raspy sheriff yeah. guy. I don't know. He pops up like three times in the movie. 
I'll find it one sec. He uh, is interrogating Sam Hell, and then um, a nurse, along with Sandal Bergman, who are part of MedTech, is the company that um, contracts, kind of, sort of. The whole contracting is kind of weird, but contracts Sam Hell. They're going to get him out of trouble if he helps them by impregnating the the people. It's William okay. Smith. He plays Count Count Sodom. Sodom. Count Sodom. That's his name. Yep. That is his. Uh, that is his in disguise name. Yeah, he's got a. He's Captain Something. Uh, other than that, sure still. And it's not Captain Gamora. It's not that easy. <laughs> that would be phenomenal. Speaking of weird names, there's another character in this movie. She is uh, the military sidekick to Sandal Bergman's character, who's going to keep uh, Sam Hell in line. And her name is Citronella, I think. It's Sentinella. It's just <laughs> not a candle, although it <laughs> sounds like a candle. Um, yeah, exactly. And she is played by Cease Varel. And uh, she is my favorite. Uh, she's the reason I love this movie. 100%. 100 percent i actually plays it great and she's the undercut to the sexism charge but not entirely because it's still a sexist movie but uh and i went and looked at her it's enough to make it fun i went and looked at her imdb history um she is in a movie with she's in a a few different movies uh i think the most popular one was one with tom Selleck. what the heck was that even called uh shoot i can't remember dang naffet but yeah, her character is is phenomenal. She doesn't have a huge. Uh, I thought because she she did a really good job with this movie. I thought that maybe her IMDb list would have been uh, larger. She'd have been in more movies. But I think because she gets topless in this, she almost probably gets typecast, which sometimes happens in these movies. Where if you get topless, it almost pigeonholes you and ends your career unless you want to continue being topless in movies. Well, that and being super cool in one role does not guarantee you a career. Look at, um, oh, I, and again, an illustration of this, I can never remember her name. The actress who played Vasquez in Aliens, uh, who is one of the best parts of that movie, she is in, as far as I know, one other big movie, and that's uh, Near Dark, which was done by Catherine Bigelow, and that's about it. The, the raspy guy's yeah. name is Captain Devlin. Captain Devil, ooh, like the devil. Oh, I think we're thinking way too hard. About yeah, we're putting too much. I mean, Zardoz had enough thought that we were putting into it with that, but not this movie. No, uh, uh, Zardoz our, had a lot of fake thought put into it. Let's <laughs> emphasize that. Yes. Our what was uh, the militant lady's name? The Citronella. It's Centinella. <laughs> Again, it also makes her sound like a candle, but yep. not yes. in the same way. Hey, what's what's her name? Says it's uh, Cece Varel. She's Cecilia. Is her oh Cecilia so Varel? Assuming it's uh, her nickname is C E C, and yeah. I'm assuming that's the first part of Cecilia. So that'd be Cece Varel. She's one of my. I only have a few WTF moments because again, this movie is set up as a WTF movie. Right. Um, but her her when uh, when she decides that she's going to hop on Sam Hell because she's heard Sam Hell is a hell of a ride. Uh, she gets topless and she's got one of those eighties bikini, you know, like uh, people at home can't see what I'm doing, but I'm like drawing an inch across my nipples. 
um, yep. tan line. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, what? Dude, she's in the army now. How does she have that tan line? Yeah. Anyway. That was it? That was your WTF with, with that? Uh, that yep. is the, the one WTF <laughs> I have there. There's one at the end. Actually, there's probably two at the end. But um, this movie uh, features Roddy, Roddy Piper, who's a wrestler. But also, I think that he does a phenomenal job in this. I actually love the acting in this whole film. At it's, first, his acting was mad, but after a while, either I got used to it or he got better. I don't know which one happened. You get used to it. Um, <laughs> he he acts just like this in They Live. I mean, he is he does not have a well-developed instrument, but it makes one good sound. I'll just say that. Wait. I, he just plays himself in everything, pretty Wait, much. Wait, that that's him in They Live? I haven't seen They yep. Live yet, but yep. okay. He's in They Live. I'm yep. here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was going to say something there else. <laughs> uh, one thing about Mister Mister Piper, um, who WWF or you know wrestling of wrestling fame. WWF, uh, lots- yeah. yeah no, 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 no. It was WWF, and then it was the WCW. And this is me talking. They should be talking because they probably know better about the wrestling stuff. But then after a while, the World Wildlife Federation. Uh, got mad at WWF, so then they changed it to WWE. Whatever, yes, man. It's so not a sport. It was WWF in the classic. Sense. Yes. Yeah, I know um, that at least. But Roddy Roddy Piper, uh, holy bad skin, Batman. On his close-ups, he's got some horrible skin. He's like Jersey Douchebag from Supergirl. Whatever yeah, that guy's name from was. Jersey, thank God. Yeah. Is is Did that what know- steroids does, does to you? Does it give you bad skin? Do we, do we know Roddy, he's, on Roddy, he, Roddy. he's from Saskatchewan, so I don't know what his excuse is. <laughs> so uh, when they decide that they are going to, um, uh, well, after Piper Sam Hell agrees, uh, then we see that the chastity belt is on him, and it's got like little buttons and beep boop things. Uh, he's in a a nursing gown, but it's turned backwards, so the ties are in front, which I thought <laughs> I was hilarious. That, yeah. But then this, um, uh, I have a question for you, Clink, and I'm stealing your your thunder here because you know you ask the questions usually in a thoughtful, meaningful way, even though it's going to be something stupid. Um, it's not always something stupid. It mostly so, is. no. Most try. We, we get a close up of the uh, chastity belt on Mister Piper, and, and and I have a question: When does body hair become pubic hair? What in the so, world? So I I don't know why you're asking me this. This is weird. Uh, so I've heard that the term pubic hair is for the pubic area, but then I also heard that t- pubic hair was for when you have puberty and you get hair. It's like chest hair would be considered pubic hair, but well, but this is, I am not a doctor. We should probably do the only doctor in the let's podcast. A, let's oh, ask like, the doctor. I'm going to know the answer to this. <laughs> Dr. L- Dr. Love, Dr. L-U-V. The most hairless person in this podcast <laughs> is going to answer this question. <laughs> And, and the reason I asked because we had a close-up of the belt and his leg hair gets awfully close to, you know... The no-no square. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Juicy. Yes. Uh, Juicy! Uh, Shirley, could you hold up the doll and show us where we should have <laughs> touched it? Oh, my. I think the no-no square absolutely covers it. And <laughs> it was not absolutely covered. Just don't sing the song. We'll be fine. I, um, I think this movie's a masterpiece. <laughs> I loved it. Clink 20 minutes in when I started hating the other movie Tank Girl that we watched last week because it got boring. I think this one kind of keeps up with what it's trying to do. 
Um, I really didn't get bored, even though sometimes it took me like two hours to watch this because I paused it, did a lot of rewinding because I was trying to understand it from, you know, a higher perspective. Probably shouldn't have done that, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Clink, I got to ask you, where did you hear about this movie? I Googled it. I Googled the weirdest apocalyptic movies I could uh, ever. And Zardoz, this, and another movie that I actually couldn't find at all because I looked for the other movie. I wanted that first. Um, were the top three. Cool. So, I ch- I tried to find the weirdest things. Yep. So yeah. And you did not succeed in finding the weirdest thing related to this, by the way. What is that? The weirdest yep. thing related to this movie would be related to it by, let's see, there was a sequel, and the sequel does not have Rowdy Roddy Piper. It has uh, Robert Zadar, uh, who is a bit part um, he's been in a bunch of really lousy sci-fi B movies. He's best noted for his gigantic face. He has like this huge slab of a catcher's mitt face. I mean, when you see it, you will just go, "Oh my God, that's Robert Zadar!" Now you'll never forget him. Um, but I'm then there's that. another yeah. movie that's there's two more knockoffs that are made. Supposedly, I I guess with Sam Hell's son or some crap like that. And those movies both have a certain fellow named Joe Estevez in them. Is he uh, related to Emilio? Yeah, he is Emilio's. I want to. I don't remember how he's related to the other uh, Sheens, but I believe he's Martin Sheen's brother. So he's been in a bunch of really lousy movies, including another movie called Roller Gator. Now, Roller Gator is one of the worst movies I have ever seen. It is an absolute disaster on every part. And apparently it takes place in this movie's universe, weirdly enough. What? Which you will not understand until you've actually seen it, because there's a, one of the characters from the uh, from the really bad sequel to this shows up in a brief scene for no reason. It's a dumb sight gag, pretty much. So here I was... All proud of myself. I found a weird apocalyptic movie. And then Alan's got to dash my dreams. Because there's weird Well, Roller ones. Gator is a weird movie, but it's not a weird apocalyptic movie. Well, it's only apocalyptic because of its incredibly inexplicable connection to this movie. Exactly. This is the most normal movie we watched. Yes. And this yeah. is awful. Mad Max. I mean, the... Mel Mad Max is weirder than this. No, Leather yeah. Mad Max also has some art film stuff going yeah, for it. it. It's, it's like the it's that weird cult film territory between art film and and the action movie. The weirdest part about this movie is so. Long story short, uh, Sam Hell is going to infiltrate the Frogtown base, and he's going to sell uh, Sandal Bergman's character. And they walk into this club. And we get this long ped shot. So a ped shot kind of moves, you know, from lower to higher of uh, dancing legs, dancing female legs or dancing legs in high heels. Let's not be sexist or whatever the word might be. Um, and then as it pans and peds all the way up, we it's revealed that it's a frog faced uh, woman who's dancing. And during that, before I realized it was a frog faced person, I wrote clink. And this is a node to how you do things. Uh, that's not how strip clubs work because she was fully clothed. <laughs> Maybe it was a burlesque club. Is that a thing? Is that a different thing? 
I don't even know, man. That is a different thing. See, yeah. it's a different thing. Maybe I told it you. was. <laughs> I've never been to a frog burlesque club, so, so I don't know what they do. I can, legally can't tell you if I have or not. <laughs> can we agree that a film like this or films in general, everything is there with a purpose and every decision, everything we see on camera is almost always there with intent. It is our assumption. For yes. the most part, yeah. So as they're taking Sam Hell to Frogtown to impregnate people, do you think that there's any meaning behind the vehicle that they chose oh, and the color of said vehicle? That's another thing. So it's a pink vehicle because they're mostly uh, the medtech people are women. It's that supposed was another to be thing. A mas- it's supposed to be emasculating. Yeah. Despite you, well, the fact that I don't know, it had a machine gun on top. I thought it looked pretty cool. Well, it's a pink Studebaker. I totally drive that. <laughs> it's a pink Studebaker. I thought it was supposed to represent a penis. <laughs> well, I guess it kind of does with the machine gun on top of you it. Know, well, look... <laughs> fundamental, you know, design theory is that if you look long and hard enough at something, it resembles genitalia. Yeah. But isn't it the power of Roddy Roddy Piper that transforms the emasculation machine into his vehicle of empowerment? He does fill it with some semen. There are no sailors in that ship. (laughs) We can't take it any other way. Yes. Do I need to clap for that? No, I don't think so. I think that's fine. Um, Uh, So I I did notice, though, the story. I did notice, though, the story, Mm -hmm. the way that we get into the story is very J.J. Abrams-esque, where... It moves so so quickly that you can't really think about it, because one, we find our quote unquote hero being interrogated and tortured, not interrogated, tortured, poss- or starting to become possibly tortured, and then maybe executed by a man, and then the government comes in, med tech people, and they take him, and then they put him in a diaper, and then they send him off on a mission, and you don't don't really have time to stop and think about what the what am I watching. You just, it just keeps going. The, the the plot keeps going. So then you don't really think about it. And that way, you're not dwelling on the fact that two seconds in, this guy is already on a mission to go and pregnant women in the field for some reason. And that doesn't make sense. And what if these women aren't on, on their certain part of their cycle where they needed to be impregnated? And you, you don't really get that chance to do that. So, uh, Clink, allow me to protect the uh, the reputation of the uh, of the literary device we're talking about because I don't want to give it to J.J. Abrams. Um, <laughs> I don't want to. I'm either. certain. It, actually, he. I would say that he probably might even be the purest user of it because he just keeps on. It, it's like his entire movies are this. Um, it's called In Medias Res, and it is the I, the uh, the moment where you start a story within the story the story is already going on homer's the one who is usually credited with uh, inventing it and uh, star wars is perhaps the best example of it uh the the fourth episode uh, uh a new hope begins in the middle of the story uh we don't get the uh we don't get the theft of the death star plans we don't get any of that we get the raid on the uh, Tantive four and that's it. I, that's in medias res. So in this case, this is in medias res, but again, we also don't get a lot of backstory on a lot of that, but that's fine. 
Again, this is world. It's world building, damn it. We do get the uh, voiceover at the beginning, which gives us which is just... unnecessary, by the way. But yeah, um, we also get an opening scene that have two characters. Uh, one who gets killed, so it doesn't show up again. But then uh, another character who shows up more than once in the movie, but I'm not really even clear who he is. But that first squid lips is how he's identified so, in the uh, credits. It seemed uh, like it was a derogatory term, though, not the actual name. Yeah, and we never see him. We never see this person. Uh, that they're always concealed, so we don't he, even know if they're human or frog. He does show up later, correct? Yeah, in in the movie, but yeah, again, it doesn't ever go anywhere. But we get that opening scene after the initial "Hey, nuclear war happened," blah blah blah, um, and then we get that confrontation between Squidlips and another character to really, I mean, that kind of sets up the world for us. That allows us to hop right into Rowdy being or yep. Sam Hell being captured. Yep, and again, voiceover totally not necessary. Although it is really funny. Because, uh, and I don't know if they intended this or not, but the opening sentence made me laugh my ass off because of the way that it's associated with a visual image. In the latter days of the 20th century, there arose a difference of opinion. And the difference of opinion is supposed to be about whether nuclear war is winnable. But as soon as it says there was a difference of opinion, cue nuke. Yeah. So you guys uh, claim that this is a sexist film. I have a quote here where I think it, it proves you wrong. Because a male character says this about women. Quote, you know, you two ladies must have moons for balls. <laughs> That's not I sexist. That was just, I thought that I was mean, just uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper getting a great line that is perfect <laughs> for him. Because it, he says incredibly dumb insightful things like that constantly in his movies he has by far one of the best lines i've ever heard in a movie but alan i don't want to steal it if you quote if you used it for your quote uh i don't know if i well actually it might be um so i'll okay i'll jump ahead and if it's not it well then you still get the thunder from it sweet that's no plan that's a plot to murder me. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. That, he does it twice too. It's awesome. I will use that all the time in the future. I feel like I've heard my dad say that at least so, once. Uh, so, so the, the quote I have, or Clink, do you have one? Cause mine's going to be better than yours. So I just, I want to like, no, I guess I don't. I really don't have one, but <laughs> uh, so as, Sam Hell and and Sandal Bergman and I don't even know what her name is. Nurse Spangle. Spl- Spangle. Spangle. That's right. Spangle. Uh, so Sam you know. Hell and Spangle are going to infiltrate Frogtown. So they're pulling a uh, Chewbacca Han Solo kind of "Hey, he's my prisoner" or "She's my prisoner" type scenario. Yep. Um, they're getting ready to go out, and they're having this little back and forth banter. And it's I think the way they build the relationship between um, Spangle. And Sam Hell, I mean, it's really on the nose and really f- obvious and kind of borderline lame, but I think it's it's okay. But they have a really great banter here. They say, uh, Sam Hell says, did anyone ever tell you you have a wonderful personality? She says, move out. And he says, I didn't think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. I laughed so hard, dude. That's beautiful. 
Um, <laughs> the uh, my only real gripe with this movie mm-hmm. is cinematog- c- cinem- The cinematography is awesome. They uh, use some wide lenses. They use some low lang- angle stuff. Uh, it's shot and edited really, really well. There's a few shots though that are out of focus, and I'm pretty sure it's not the YouTube link that we viewed it on. It's it's the actual movie itself because everything yeah. else looked fine, and a few of them were were a soft focus. Wait, you guys watch this quality. on YouTube? They did. I found I it did. on Tubi. Secret sauce for those of you that want to watch it again or later, watch this on YouTube at 1.25 speed. It's amazing. <laughs> everything is so much better. <laughs> oh my. The fight scene is so much better. That's what we should do. You know the Gorn fight on uh, the original Star Star Trek? Yeah. How awful that is when Kirk fights the green alien? We should watch it at like two times speed. I bet that's amazing. So that's the same area that Kirk fought the Gorn. Is the same area that uh, he fought the um, the Sodom guy and the main Toad guy. That those, it, those are, Wait, rocks, you're talking in... Hell goes to Frogtown. Yes, the the scene where he does that, the the setting is those rocks that are coming up, jutting up diagonally from the ground. It's the same yeah. area that Kirk fought the Gorns. Are you the really? That, and that's used yeah. a lot. It's used a lot because it's just outside of Los Angeles, and it's just in that part where the the Union, because of Union or something like that, they don't have to pay them extra for travel fee. But if they go past that point, uh, and they have to pay them extra for travel. Interesting. And that's it looks weird business. enough. Oh, I have another line. So, yeah, Clink, you talked about this earlier. Not another line, but another thing in the movie. So as they're out in the desert, uh, we want to keep Roddy's Rod. Anyway, um, and Sandal Bergman Spangle comes out to kind of seduce him and do this little seductive like thing. She's not very sexy. She's got a weird outfit on, too. Like there's lace, but it's an army and it's got one strap, and it's just... There's a I zipper? Didn't... I don't know why there's a I... zipper. <laughs> I was kind of my, confused. My comment about the first lingerie outfit she's wearing was that it looked like it was from the Sarah Palin collection, because, of course, it involved camo. Uh, the later ones, uh, Sandal Bergman is just... She is not voluptuous i guess would be the the best way to describe her and it and we haven't really run into this problem with her in other movies either it's just here i think i don't know there's it's she's just skinny and and 80s and uh 80s lingerie was definitely not made for really skinny people and 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 i would thongs a long way off from this (laughs) time period the at least a couple years it's, I mean, and she's really thin, really yeah. thin. Yeah. Even, I mean, and I can't remember what, uh, I, it, I feel like in, in she, cause we saw more of her in she literally and figuratively, or I guess literally and literally, um, she, she was buffer, I think yeah. for the role of she, than she is here. And, and she I, was definitely buffer in Conan. Um, yeah, yeah she is de- definitely a lot physically bigger. Which is weird because she's one of those people who the the her features are really um, prominent or what's the right word without being they're just harsh they're like she's her nose and everything her lines of her face and everything are very pronounced and that um, I believe more the euphemism they use for this is handsome 
Uh, it's not really a euphemism. I mean, she's still a good-looking person, but she does have somewhat masculine features. Her face looks a little bit more angular and, and yeah. not soft, which is yes. why I think she's great, but there you go. Um, Rowdy Roddy Piper also, uh, he was playing with his necklace a lot in the beginning of the movie. And I was like, man, if something's not important about that necklace, I'm going to be upset because you're setting it up. Check and then it, necklace. And then it became like, okay, oh, it was my daughter's. And we realized his daughter was killed in nuclear, nuclear attack. But then like he gives it away to nobody at the very end yeah. or to the C- to Citronella chandelier <laughs> character. <laughs> Yeah, and like, well, that was, there was no real. That, that that to me was what pulled me out at the very end. I'm like, well, that doesn't. See, they didn't have that good of a relationship. Why would he? It just felt really forced and unrealistic in a movie about human frogs. I think a few more scenes of them together, and it would have been a little well, bit more reasonable. Like like them doing cool like dude stuff, blowing stuff up. Yeah, or if they got rid of this uh, almost sex scene between them, to, the two of them, and she was more kind of a daughter figure to him or something where he was mentoring her or doing something. Then he could have given he, that to her like, Hey, I, I do care. And it could have been revealed that she, her father was killed. And then, I mean, without getting too crazy, the father daughter relationship there could have worked without the climbing on top and trying to have sex. Cause that would have been yeah, a completely different movie. That's a but, different but, movie. Gentlemen, let us not lose this. So I would say we need to <laughs> keep the, uh, Please keep certain elements of this movie. Bring us back on course, Barris. Hey, why is it always my job to bring? Because you're back the responsible on why one. Am I the reasonable one. I all, right, let's, all right, Hold I'll be I'll well, be responsible. Be, you all watch me be responsible. Before let's talk about the dance of the three snakes. Oh my God, no! <laughs> so Vanderpool is fist bumping right now because he's like, yeah. Because, ladies and gentlemen, the three snakes, they're quite literal, and um, the they all belong not to snakes. Our, our villain. Um, as in, Stop they're the it, most Clint. literal thing you would think of if you heard of the dance of the three snakes, now, and there were no snakes around. There's no snakes, and there are frog people. And when I saw, so, uh, uh, Spangle... Is doing a dance for. He has three penises, Casey. <laughs> I was miming it, but okay. <laughs> and and so so Spangle is dancing for this character. Who is the who's the guy with the three wings? It's uh, it's Toti. Wait a minute. Uh, Wait a minute. The There's the a commander. dude in here who's got he's got three. It's like Total Recall. We never only see opposite. it. It's just heavily um, we, implied. Oh my! But so gosh. we get a crotch shot that's got like little animatronics or somebody's hand moving up underneath it so we get it's it's pretty obvious like if you don't understand it's obvious what snakes, they're talking about yeah oh, and then he gets up and i really wanted to see it <laughs> i did i felt cheated because we didn't get to see the three snakes because it could have been an amazing stop motion like <laughs> oh god <laughs> who's the what's the guy's name that did all the hercules and and jason the argonaut stuff you're gonna have oh, him do uh, Ray it. Ray Harryhausen. Yeah, it could have been an awesome homage to Ray Harryhausen with like this uh, trident wang, <laughs> or just Dirk wow. Diggler prosthetics. But anyway, continue. yes. Hey, Alan, I, I I don't know. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Vanderpool, you haven't read this, but Alan, have you ever uh, listened or watched? Wow, Zip. 
Hey, Alan, have you ever <laughs> read Why the Last Man? Uh, I have, actually. I didn't get through the whole series, but I got about, I'd say, maybe a quarter of the way through, I think, before getting distracted. It's a long one. so Yeah. I mean, I only have the first book, but it was really interesting. This reminded me of that. Oh, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Except not every man is dead. <laughs> right. Like in that. But it, it, it felt like it was similar to that, only not as well done. Right. Vanderpool, have you ever read Why the Last Man? Nope. It's good stuff. Yeah, it is very it is very well written. At least up to the part that I got to. But the way that they have that set up is women have uh some women have taken the role of of the masculine side of the the society and um they've banded together and done things where they've actually made things better in some parts and made things worse in other parts. Um, right. But it's just, it's interesting because this, this is what I felt like where he, he has a wrangler who is called Spangle, uh, but she's his handler. And then the other person that's escorting them is another woman where it could have easily been either one could have easily been a man. But the way that they have this set up, it felt like it was like he was the last man that is the only one that can populate the spread his DNA across the lands far and wide. For well, another uh, connection that would be very close to this Vanderpool, I know you've seen this. Um, uh, the uh, avocado are the uh, uh, cannibal women in the avocado jungle of death. This is that dynamic. Yeah. So 100%. again, we've got the gynocracy that's being that is in charge at the beginning that gets its nose thumbed at throughout. So that's an awesome name for a movie, by the way. Bill Barr. Oh. It's a it's a very very dumb movie, but it is entertaining. It is, uh, despite having Bill Maher in it, uh, it's the only thing that I think I could ever stomach actually watching him in. I love Bill Maher. Bill Maher. If they following. just if they just written him a little bit better, um, just a little bit more subtle, it would have been all right. I mean, this movie, I I I, I like it, and it, and the effects are good. I mean, uh, the the, the, the music, frogs are great. Yeah, everything really honestly works here. I think. What would have? What do you I think? That, but... What do you think would have happened if a woman had written this movie instead of a man? It would have been five penises. I mean, <laughs> hold on. It would have been five snakes. <laughs> uh, and it would have been Amanda Bierce who famously um, was involved in directing and I don't remember if she wrote any of the episodes of Married with Children but she played Marcy mm. the annoying uh, next door neighbor and and in real life is a is if I remember right a lesbian and very much is, yes. so was well, I mean playing up on all this was was funny as hell I but actually messing with the with the obvious sexism of the show I really don't think that if a woman were to write this i i think it might almost be the same movie right because it's very much the women are in charge the women are smart the women are uh every woman in this is presented in a sympathetic way um or an empowered way and roddy sam hell he's just there to shoot some seed looney tunes the other guy is just there to whatever and played then by all veteran actor uh, Rory Calhoun, who the only thing I've seen him in other than this was uh, Night of the Lepus, which we should watch at some point. It's the Killer Rabbit movie. 
the female frog, the only female frog character, ends up being sympathetic to the cause and a good guy. Yeah, there is no evil female in this. All the females are empowered. I would argue this is this is this is a feminist film. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Except but, for the... uh, it is uh, <laughs> yeah. not, to, not to dismantle your your high highfalutin reading here, but I, I do think it's I, I think it's fun enough to be fun, and I can ignore a lot when I'm having fun. It's feminist it's def- if you ignore the blatant objectification of women. So, <laughs> but it's but it's that. not though, right? I mean, <laughs> if, if 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 this is not a Jim Ornarski film, or else we'd have seen right. a lot more boobs. That's true. He's he's not lying there. That's fair. But and we would have we we also would have had women cast for their boobs as well. Yeah. And, <laughs> which did not happen here. Again, these are women who are cast because they might be really good looking, but they're not. They're not Jim Wynorski slash Russ Meyer actresses. The, Learn your buttons, man. If if maybe we'd have seen some man ass, it might have been. You know, like, uh, uh, what was that movie we watched with, with the uh, one guy? Mel Gibson. Mad Max. Yeah, Mad Max. You made a big deal about his leather pants, if I remember correctly. That's true. You made nice. a big deal about his leather pants. He looks yeah. good in leather pants. He, yeah, the man yeah. has nice leather pants. Structure? I think it's why he had a Thank career. You. You're welcome. <laughs> Despite the raging anti-Semitism. But he looked good in good pants. Yeah, that's, isn't oh. that later on? That's later on. I think that's later on. <laughs> we should talk about... Um, uh, Bull, Bull is yes. an awesome character. Clink, do you remember Bull? The the is that the lounge uh, owner guy, the burlesque club owner? No, guy? no, that was Leroy. Uh, uh, oh, that's right. Bull is Bull the guy with the eye is patch. the second in command. He's yeah. the uh, he gets one of the best lines, uh, which is, I gotta tell you, you are one weird dude, and this is <laughs> with uh, he's chainsawing off the uh the chastity belt yeah. at uh at uh hell's command wait a minute he's using a chainsaw on a, a belt near his it's it's bull is uh, bull has has sam hell uh strapped like up uh, his arms are up he's, he's saying, trussed up basically yeah. and he's gonna yes. torture him but instead be uh, when he starts to torture him he just takes a chainsaw out and he's gonna start actually cutting off the chastity belt to learn about the government technology but and if he takes the chassis belt off, then a small little C4 explosion happens and bad things happen. Well, oh the, the the complication is that mm-hmm. as he's about to torture um, and cut off the chastity belt, A, he runs out of gas, so he has to regas the chainsaw. <laughs> yeah. And then while that's going on, uh, uh, Spangle moves out of the range, or, or, or no, it's her, she's like has a veil that's triggering her earrings. Yeah, we need to like talk about that. that scene too, though. But yeah, and the uh, chastity belt starts going off. It starts giving him the pain trigger. So he's now desperately begging the guy to cut it off, and of course that's why he delivers that line. And then he chainsaws off the uh, chastity belt, and um, old uh, Sam Hell is totally intact. So yay! Wait, the C four doesn't go off. It does, but it's delayed. Yeah. Movie magic? It's a, it's a joke. Plot. Yeah, it's a joke. So he, you know, all the suspense that they're going to blow his wiener off, and then they don't, and and Bull holds up the ha ha look, it didn't blow up, and then after he says, oh, it, it look, blows it's up a and fake, and then it blows yeah. up in his face, which is yeah. So can we talk about that scene where Spangle is on? She's laying on a bed, 
She's laying on a bed. Uh, and, hey, Clink. Yeah. You're, you're the artist. Paint the picture. No. Okay. <sighs> She's laying on a bed. And there are there's a whole bunch of other women from the harem around her, and they're just they're they're bowing to her, and they're uh, they have uh, what is that called a uh, see through see through material yeah satin whatever yeah yeah. and they they start like playing the the, you know the parachute game when you're in in grade school where the parachute goes you all the kids put the parachute up and put it down wasn't like that in my grade school. Not like that, but they 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 are putting the they're flopping this. That's the wrong word. They're flopping this fabric <laughs> on top of her, and somehow that's awakening her body for the dance, so that she can hopefully survive. And while they're doing that, this fabric grazes the earring, which again I don't know why it'd be an earring, and that's what's turning on the the pain sense. The belt of whichever. death. Yes. So. That just is all. This is so that, awful. This whole well, thing this, is a disaster. I, we this, talked about this earlier, and you need to watch the movie to understand what we're talking about. I will yeah. not watch this movie. Gosh. Now, uh, uh, do your just, parents do your parents only let you watch G-rated films on your? <laughs> now, not to interrupt Vanderpool dunking on Shirley in the most obvious way possible. Um, let me uh, point out that as a counterpoint. Um, a large part of the whole harem of stolen women thing is a major plot point in Fury Road, widely beloved by um, a wide range of film goers and uh, seen as uh, the epitome of the Mad Max movies. Which and, I, I have yet to see. Uh, and the triumphant arrival of a strong female presence in the movies as well. So it is not the fact that crazy things are happening in the movie that makes it sexist. It's, well, a bunch of other stuff. But it's not the plot. <laughs> it, uh, that scene also reminds me of uh, the scene named Flash Gordon. Yeah. Right, where the harem is there to, like, prep the newbie for... Yeah, but don't they yeah. give her something? Like a drug or something or a drink? Yes, and this is this is the mental version of that clink. But nobody has mental abilities that we know of. No, nobody said anything. That's my problem. Well, there is radiation, and that does stuff to people. <laughs> it makes them into hulks or Spider-Man, so, or, or makes them sterile. Or, speak, yeah. Speaking of uh, sex, <laughs> this, there is one big, huge missed opportunity in this film, and that is a line that they should have given to Sam Hell at any point in this movie, but probably near the end. He should have said after maybe a sex scene or something sexy and maybe some frog's arousal killing them. Uh, he sh- should have said, that's one horny toad. They should have said that. Right? Oh, how did man. They, how did they, how you, you did know, they miss that line? You know, ordinarily, I would deny you that in some way <laughs> as revenge. But... Um, I gotta hand it to you. I think that is actually a perfect Roddy, Rowdy Roddy Piper line that should have been included because that is the quality of writing that is in all of his movies, <laughs> and that's what makes them endearing. It's the fact that it's this this doofy guy just delivering these these ridiculous lines with such earnestness that it just it really works. And he's always, well, he's he's both earnest and in on the joke as well. It's interesting because in wrestling, he played a similar similar character 
or had similar delivery, but was the heel in right. in most of the wrestling stuff that he did. So the villain. Where in V and in this movie, he's playing the hero. There was something, and apparently else. he was in a bunch of action movies too. Yeah. I, I I thought he'd only had a, had like a really tiny yeah. film catalog, but apparently he was in a lot. Yeah, he's had a pretty hefty career. Uh, as evinced by the fact that I let YouTube run just a little bit longer after I was done with the movie, and another one of his movies started playing, which he didn't even show up in in the time I was watching, disappointingly enough. I will say this. This movie has turned me on to a lot of things, and not just amphibians. Um, <laughs> Cease Varel. Yep. Uh, she's in a movie called Silk that I'd like to see based on the cover. And what I saw of her in this movie. Because <laughs> that's how the imagine. 80s worked, right? 80s worked because you went to the v- the video store. Shirley, you ever been to a VHS or like a movie video store? They have to have a, a family video still around here. And picked out a movie, like actually stood there and had to look at a box to try to decide if you want to pick a movie. You ever had to do there, that? There was a, a family video in Brian until like very recently. I think it's just in the process of shutting down you can do that still with um netflix and and prime and youtube and everything because there's that they well at least for netflix and prime they have the um yeah. poster and then they'll have the brief synopsis and it, sometimes yeah, they have the trailer but there's something different about actually seeing it yeah uh, as like the only thing that's representing the movie and that that in the back of the cassette. vanderpool don't say it don't that say and, it that and the smell from the adult section oh there it goes <laughs> There it is. <laughs> it was always so cool because you try to position yourself looking at like, oh, short circuit, and then trying to get a glimpse of what was going on in the adult section. It was really hard to masturbate back when I was a kid, Shirley. Much easier for you kids today. All right, let's keep Grandpa's uh, masturbation habits out of this one here. Listen, guys, I got to get out of here, so can we finish or what? Because you had to remember that thing all the way home. Um, I'm good. <laughs> No, Vanderpool needs to talk about his masturbation habits more. Um, no, let's please, see. God, uh, no, no. Uh, so, uh, just a quick quote rundown before we before we finish up. So, uh, and then we'll do what um, did we learn? Yes, leaving the vehicle, uh, we get a classic rowdy 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 Piper line. Uh, when he's asked where he's going, his response is, "I gotta water the roses, huh?" The idea, of course, being he's going to go urinate. Um, let's see. A nice little sound effect moment uh, for the uh, for the chastity belt is the first time that it gets triggered. There is an audible boing sound from the hatch opening um, for um, uh, Sam Hill's member. Then let's see. In response to finding out that she is going to do the dance of the three snakes, Spangle's response is, the only dance I'm going to do is a dance on your grave. Such a corny line. Uh, We also have, you have aroused the three snakes later on, which we should use as the tagline of the the podcast. That would make sense. For the three of you snakes. That would make sense. Yeah. And then, let's see, we also have Eat Lead Froggies, which is the climactic moment where he starts uh, machine gunning people. And then after he has shot the the commander, he quips, long-winded son of a bitch. And then finally we have the ending, which is, 
uh, his ending line, a soldier's work is never done, which could also be the tagline of this podcast. The end of when this movie. going to impregnate the peoples. Yeah. So the end of this movie, you have Spangle and uh, Sam Hell like falling in love kind of thing. This is throughout the whole movie. They were building up to this. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But he still has to finish his duties. So he still has to sleep with all these women and impregnate them. And obviously it's a different society, but she's okay with that, but not really, it seemed, or, or at least he's not okay with that, I guess. Suspend so your disbelief, Clink. The idea of an open <laughs> the, idea of, the idea of an open relationship is a lot different than the reality of one. I guess. I was about to say it's called polyamory, Clink. I've got yeah. some pamphlets. But, uh... <laughs> yes. Okay. So, gentlemen, if I can call you that. Not after um, this. You may not. What what did we learn? What what did you learn? Is the real question. I, I'm glad you asked because what I learned is I now know how to pronounce the word blouse. What did you say before? <laughs> blouse. That's what it is. Yes. Blouse. Well, you're saying the but, same blouse, blouse. Blouse. I believe, blouse. It's I believe you now know how to say blouse in Saskatchewan. <laughs> <laughs> blouse. 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 It's A U S. That's how he's pronouncing it. I understand yes. that, but it's blouse. I agree. Yours is the correct blouse. pronunciation. Vanderpool is just being Vanderpool. <laughs> no, being, that's how he's being an obvious Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> that's how Roddy Roddy Piper says it. And he's Canadian, very obviously. <laughs> Listen, Vanderpool, when you become Rowdy Roddy Piper, you can say blouse however you well please, but until then Did he have a catchphrase as his wrestler guy? Bone That's not. Ready. That's not. That's not oh, it. That's sorry. That's the only one I know. Barris, what did you learn? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Surely, you're Van- about to learn what pain means from wherever the frick you are in Zoom country. Alan, <laughs> Doctor Doctor Love, L U V Love. Other than the fact that Shirley is an idiot, what did you learn? Dang. He's not an idiot. He's just above his station. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, we always have to uh, maintain the hierarchy after all. So uh, let's see. I learned that um, after the apocalypse, uh, the frog uh, effects are going to be pretty good. So if you end up a mutant, you're at least going to look really cool. True that. And not like I feared they would, uh, which I expected the effects would be terrible. Yes. But uh, it turns out uh, a lot of this movie looks a lot better than it deserves to be. I mean, they just did a really good job of making cheap look really good. Especially making the, the skin of the frogs glisten a little bit like it's wet. That's really nice. Mm-hmm. That was a nice little touch. Yeah, it was good effects. Did you guys feel at all that the portrayal of the frogs was a racist racial stereotyping or not? Uh... uh... I didn't catch that. Okay. Uh, the only weird thing is um, Leroy wearing that fez near the beginning, which does have sort of a a weird harem-y kind of charge to it. But other than that, that's more Middle Eastern, though. Well, and, and I think it's almost like... I guess I should say. Almost like an ode to, like, Casablanca-type stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Clink, what did you learn? 
I'm not sure what I learned. I do have written oh. down to the last thing. What? Avocados are a fruit. No, I already did that one. I can't <laughs> do that one again. We did that one already. That's what I learned. For what it's there worth. ain't no avocados in this. There are avocado skinned things. Because the toads are avocado skinned. Are they fr- toads or are they frogs? Yes. <clears throat> Whatever. Anyway, it's a movie, surely. You don't have to think that hard about it. Says the three of you guys who have literally <laughs> spent the last hour stinking that picking this irony, apart. By the way. Yes, it was fantastic irony, but still. <laughs> I learned that if there is a post apocalyptic wasteland and you're a fertile man, you are worth your weight in gold. And, and. Rowdy is going to uh, potentially have children that will probably inbreed because they won't know that they're half brothers and sisters. So just like Genesis. (laughs) No. (laughs) We were just talking about Genesis earlier today, too. Jeez. Yeah. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, before I go further to hell... Uh, no, Vanderpool. At, the, hell, at this point, hell goes to Frogtown. What's the name of this movie? Hell comes to Frogtown. Hell at this point, you have Frogtown. become too bad to go to hell, and you're just going to Frogtown. <laughs> yes, uh, hell comes to Frogtown. A, a fabulous pick, Clink. I would argue the best movie that you've ever recommended to us. Um, so uh, thank you. For, no, Spider Man. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, we'll get to that someday. Um, <laughs> I think that we should uh, try to capital capitalize, put a cap on this season next week as the semester comes to an end. We've got a whole bunch of grading to do. Let's just flush this turd. And I'm going to steal something from Alan since I have the last pick. And I think we're going to go with Cyborg. All right. Because Cyborg, it stars Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's from my Utes. Uh, and it is all about the apocalypse and has one of the greatest lines of all time, I would argue. Which is? We'll find out next week. <laughs> uh, because you watched... Whoosh! Star Crash! <laughs> Mike Vanderpool, Alan Barris, Dr. Michael Clink. <laughs> Dr. Professorson? Wait. Professor Wait. Professorson? Yes. Yeah. Hey, Shirley, there you all doctors today, there. Hey, What's are, you allowed, to, are he, you allowed to do that when you're a doctor? Can he's you allowed like, to. I could deputize other people for this doctor posse. Or <laughs> hey, that's how you get to we, be a doctor. Clint. That's awesome. All right, folks. We'll see you next time. Bye, folks. Bye, Bye. folks. Bye. Bye.